Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Draft Talk podcast brought to you by your friends and mine at 99 Yards. The Draft Talk podcast, as it says in the title, is exclusively about the NFL draft, where you bring to you our scouting reports, mock draft interviews, our famous top fives, but more importantly than that, a team of all round good guys. Unfortunately, our regular host, Brian, is off doing something more important this evening, although I'm not quite sure what could be more important than being here talking football with us. Um, so you stuck with me in the guest um, host chair this week. I'm joined by my good friends and all round, I'm going to call them superstars this week, Owen and MJ. Guys, how are you doing? I, I, I like that, Stuart. Superstars, we'll, we'll go with that. Yeah, doing really well. Um, and after that, our preview last week of the Senior Bowl, I'm looking forward to having a chat with you guys about who we think started the week well. Yeah, fresh from Senior Bowl practice. Um, busy, but absolutely love it. There's the sounds of those pads clacking together. Nothing like Senior Bowl week. Yeah, so Senior Bowl week, guys, it comes around quick, doesn't it? Um, Senior Bowl will always have a special place in my heart, really, as uh, it was a few years ago, myself and Owen covered it for 99 yards, and through Owen's genius thinking, Draft Talk was born, but we're going to cut out the sentimentality, let's get down to it. Guys, what's your thoughts and who's been impressing you? Where to start? Um, it's It's been a, a very productive few days worth of practice, I would say. Um, We'll maybe come on to some more positions, but um, I, I would say that overall it's quite equal between the two teams. There are definitely stronger groups out there. Um, the national team, uh, I would say, is, is much better on the defensive line than the American team, but the American team may have the stronger offensive lines. It's going to be seen, uh, be interesting to see how it how it plays out during the game, but it is quite equal and, and it's set up really nicely for the game. But there's some really impressive prospects out there, which I'm sure we're going to get into. I think um, a couple of days in, so I've been really, really impressed um, with the standard of play and practice. And I think going back to, again, what we said last week about people, players using this as a chance to really um, propel their draft stock. I think a lot of guys have, have seized this opportunity, the ones who've come down to Mobile this week. Um, I think in some ways it might have made our job a little bit more difficult because we've said this is a wide open draft. And I think there have been lots of good performances. And I don't think at the end of this week, I'm going to necessarily be any clearer on who I think, you know, might be coming in, trying to get into that end of round one, kind of top of top of two. We've said that I think outside the top 10 picks, you, you know, somebody might go 20, somebody might go 60, and there's not an awful lot between them. But I think um, I think it's been a couple of days of really good practice. I think for me, the, the senior ball has been a... Um kind of microcosm of, of the draft as a as a whole in that there's not been someone I would say has been the standout brilliant player, but there's a lot of damn good players. And I think we've maybe maybe been a little bit harsh on this draft, I think, thinking about it. Um, and I've been thinking about that over the last few while that yes, we maybe don't have that blue chip players, but Come five years down the line, I think we're going to see the 2023 draft. There's been a lot of good, solid NFL starters have come out of that draft. There might not be the boom prospects, yeah. but there might not be as many busts either as we think. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's it's just that top end, isn't it? We're maybe being harsh on the first round talent, which means that you're going to see some second round talent have to go in the first. It's just going to have to happen. But there's probably more day two talent than there is day two picks. So some of them are going to end up falling back. Some of them are going to get end up pushing up. But you're probably, you're maybe going to have, what, 
I would off the top of my head, maybe about a hundred prospects who who feasibly could could stake a claim of having a day two label. And I guess when we when we get to it, this will play into how teams move around that draft board. And you know, if if teams want to collect some more day two picks because they think, well, you know, there's still plenty, as you say, there's still plenty of talent there. You know, right the way down to a hundred, I, I could be picking up some great players on day two. Might get myself a little bit of draft stock for next year into the bargain. Yeah. Um, it will be interesting. It's always interesting to see how the quality and quantity of players kind of affects how teams move themselves around that board. Yeah, there's lots of um, there's lots of projects. So if you're happy to to take on, that's why they're not seen as first round talents. That if you're happy to take them on, and if you want more multiple shots at it, then this is a good year for that. And plenty of them at the senior bowl. Yeah. So come on then, guys, G- give us some names. Who who do you want to start talking about, and we'll see where this might venture because we could be on a long and winding road tonight. <laughs> Where to start? So I, I think I, I would like to start with offensive linemen, if we can, because those, um, and then we'll maybe touch on some defensive linemen, because they're the the, the drills there everyone likes, right? You're putting out clips on Twitter. They're the ones that get all the views. That's what everyone's there to see. That's where they do them. Um, it gets everyone talking about the senior boat. And I think there's a, a bunch of guys who really, really have, have, have done strongly across both groups and across both teams. I think we should start with Duan Jones, though, the right tackle from Ohio State. I think we did mention him briefly on the preview just because of that massive wingspan. Was it seven foot ten? Or the wingspan of someone who should be seven foot ten, I think it was. Absolutely unbelievable. Um, if he gets drafted, that will be the longest wingspan to have ever been drafted in the and well, obviously he's going to get drafted. Um, but it will be the longest wingspan in the modern era if if the senior ball measurement is is true, which this will be the combine one that they go by. That's what I mean by that. Sorry. Um but he he was um in practice one absolutely blew everyone away. Everyone was talking about it, and all of a sudden this guy's going round one and then he's got a bit of an injury so he hasn't participated for the last two days but I don't think he particularly need to. There's always these people that dropped out. I do believe he, he does actually have a niggling injury. It, it isn't just one of these injuries. I, I don't want to hurt my draft stock. Um, he, he does have an England, but he was absolutely unbelievable. Him going up against Isaiah Foskey in the first uh, day one of practice was was absolutely fantastic. Um, and then there's a couple of other guys on on that team. The, the other one that has stood up to me considerably and a guy that I haven't particularly liked so far is Jalen Duncan from Maryland. Again, he he really, he's a left tackle, but he has been taking some reps at right tackle, which I think has been really good for him. Um, didn't have the best season, I would say, that really has struggled. He was one of the, like a draft down and say, I know Stu really liked him in the summer, that he just didn't really put all that together big powerful athletic lineman that just didn't have the season that maybe we wanted but he's really shown it at the, at the senior ball he i think he will have boosted himself dramatically because he's proven it and he just it just looks easy for him he's pushing people around and it barely looks like he's putting in any effort which is which is always good so on that national team there the two offensive linemen that stood out um and then moving over to the american team with the offensive lineman it's more the uh, Probably the guy for me who stood out the most is an interior guy, centre John Michael Schmitz, who 
has he has been dominant. If you there's plenty dominance going to be a word that I I might use a lot during this, but he has been dominant at everything, pass protection, run blocking, and team drills. He's been he's been absolutely everywhere. So we were talking about him as a an early day two prospect. He's probably solidified solidified himself in that uh, discussion. Osiris Torrance uh, from Florida is, is a guy who's getting first round grades. He struggled on day one for me. Um, he was getting pushed around a bit. And I think you always have to take the one-on-one -on -one drills in a bit of context. You know, he is going to have a man either side of him when um, you're actually in game scenario. So you can't have everything on that. But he was getting pushed around. I, think, I thought he'd be a little bit more powerful than he was. But he has really come strong over these last couple of days where kind of maybe found his feet and worked worked some players out and he's he's put it together which is better but uh the two tackles i'll just touch on is matthew bergeron who we've spoken about loads i'm not going to go in on him but we said in the preview he will be solid but i don't expect him to flash i would say that's exactly what he what he's been i, I can't say i've seen him being beaten once he's not going to give you the flashy play he's not going to give you not be pancaking people around everywhere but he's just going to win his reps. That's exactly what he's done. And Darnell Wright is a player that I think has done a phenomenal job. Six foot five, uh, 342 pounds. He's a massive guy, probably exclusive a right, uh, an exclusive right tackle. But he is, he's nasty. Get him in the run game. That's what he wants. He wants to get his hands on you. Not very good at countering, but if he can get the first punch on you, then then you're going nowhere. So there are some players that are, that are all, all of them, all those players are going to be in day two discussion. And some of them maybe say like Duan Jones and um, and Darnell Wright could push themselves into first round. The one that I wanted to touch on just to, um, before I pass over to MJ and, and let him speak was, it was Duan Jones, obviously. Yeah. The, the, the question mark that I had about Duan Jones, which uh, on day one, he actually really surprised me. Why was, was his footwork? Um, he's much lighter on his feet than maybe I'd seen before yeah. and sometimes seen him, you wondered about speed around the outside but I think he coped really well with that yeah. um, I think that he was able to move himself around really well and John Michael Smith is a guy that I've loved since the summertime and I think he's just shown himself to be an offensive leader early um, he's, always, he's always around the other guys, he's always chatting he's always working hard and he just seems to be a proper pro um yeah absolutely so where to start i think all the names that you've mentioned are ones that i was just ticking them off as we were going down here um john michael schmitz the, the thing about john michael schmitz the couple of clips that i saw he looks like a guy who's always looking for work so he will take out the first guy onto the next one there was a screen pass, I think, where he was he was out in front, and uh, yeah, he he was flattening guys, and yeah. I think he will he will become a best friend of yeah whoever it is that's running in behind him. Um, Darwin Jones, yes, obviously he's he's he was like the highlight. He was almost like the, the first headline on on day one. It was like wow, look at you know wingspan. Um, obviously, as you you mentioned, he's injured. I'm just trying to keep up with what's going on today. I think one of the things is that means he's had a bit more time to meet with some teams and apparently he's met with the Bucks. Um, so uh, that that's obviously a chance for him to to talk to them. And, and the other part of this is obviously the character part, you know, talking to teams, uh, teams getting a feel for, for what a guy is like. Um, you mentioned Darnell Wright. I really like Darnell Wright. One of the things I like about him is because he's uh, from Tennessee, he's quite battle tested. 
against a lot of quality edge yeah, rushers. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that he's he's obviously done himself um, a few favours there this week. Um, I liked Osiris Torrance's power once he he got started. He's he's. I think he will remain in the chat for for that kind of round end of round one. Uh, Matthew Bergeron, yeah, you, solid, dependable. The two words I've got written down here: solid, dependable. Does his job. Um, and then the last one I was just going to mention, just because I've seen some a clip today, was Olu Olu Watimi from Michigan, the centre, because he he just yeah. flattened Keanu Benton a couple of times. So um, I think that's a, that's a name that I hadn't hadn't done a lot of work on. Might go back over um, and check out that centre from Michigan as well. Yeah, he'd started playing a lot of. I noticed just in day one, and, and he was playing a lot at guard and they weren't really rotating the centers as much they had jake andrews who we did an interview interview with um taking most of the reps at center but he seemed to be there all the time taking reps at center um and they were um, rotating in cody mock to play some center um and he wasn't really in that rotation so it was, it was maybe nfl teams wanted to see him at guard and he was holding up all right but yeah he has been taking some more reps at, at, at center um but he's he's made one of those guys who could play either spot, but is a centre. I think you, you just sorry you just mentioned Cody Mock. That was one of the other things I was going to mention. Was we said again we said last week these guys who take reps at other positions. So by the sounds of it, he's been taking reps at virtually every position. At, you yeah. know, tackle, guard, centre, uh, which again is a high character thing. Teams will like that. Um, they'll get a better feel for the player, and and it only again only goes to his advantage. Just one other guy I just wanted to touch on. He's maybe maybe an unheralded guy. Probably won't have escaped Bill Belichick because he's come from the University of Tennessee, Chattanooga. McClendon Curtis, I think he's he's been a, a solid player. He's someone who could do a role. He's not going to be troubling the, the top end of the drafts. You're probably not going to hear much about him until day three, probably. But he, I think he's held up really well. He's looked quite solid. Um, he... Could the Patriots pick another guy from that offensive line? I don't think they're going to, but we didn't think Cole Strange was going as high as he did last year. There's a lot of these smaller school guys have, have shown up, even on day one, which notoriously is a find your feet day that they seem to slot straight in. You wouldn't have you wouldn't have known, you know, if they if it wasn't for the helmets they were wearing, you would not have known that they were from um, a smaller schools or or played against lesser opposition. They they've all looked at home, which is which is really good to see. And to say that's what the senior bowl's there for to give these guys the opportunity. But a lot of them have done have done really well, especially some of the receivers as well. Yeah. So we're obviously thinking that the the O line guys have done pretty well. Who else has stood out for you? MJ, let, let give give us some give us some names. Okay. Do we want to do we want to stay in the trenches then and go who's yeah. been going up against the O line? <clears throat> I have to say that I overall, overall, I think I, I've just had the edge to the O line over, over the, the edge rushers. I, I haven't yeah. been hugely impressed with with what I've seen from the, the edge rushers. But a few names just just to throw out there. Um, I mentioned him just a second ago, and with um, Olu Watimi, but Keanu Benton has has been able to show his power and his athleticism, and I think his name will start to to creep up some boards there. Um, can I just say about uh, I I yeah. featured him in um, an article which was underrated guys, and three hours after posting it, Daniel Jeremiah decides to put as the eighth best prospect in this class currently. No, he's meant to be underrated, Daniel Jeremiah, <laughs> not not the eighth best player in this class. You're not getting him. Con- are you not getting him confused with Keon White? 
Oh, right. Sorry. We, well, yes, I was, but he's on the list, yeah. you see. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I just think... I, I think we have to watch out here. I think Dan, Daniel Jeremiah might be reading some of our stuff. I think that's what might be happening here, you know. Um, but you've mentioned Keon White, so we'll talk about him for a little bit as well. So with him, it was the power that, that I think I've been impressed impressed by, that kind of, you know, that bull rush that he's got. Um, Carl, Carl Brooks from, from yeah. Bowling Green, I think he's had a, a good start to the week. And again, a, a kind of a, a power rusher. And then in terms of speed... Uh, Will McDonald, speed, the speed of his rush, I think, has been very impressive. And then one of the guys who I put on my top five list, Isaiah Foskey, I, I think he, for me, he's been as advertised in that if he, if he can if he can do it with speed, then he gets there and he's got you know he's got some good moves at speed. But if if he if he does get stopped on that initial rush, I think he doesn't quite have the power to then overcome that offensive lineman. But he's had he's had a decent week so far. Um, I think I want to see a bit more from the edge rushers. I think going into the game, I think that might be a chance. If I was an, if I was one of those guys, I'd want to try and do something in that game at the weekend. Um, uh, because as I said at the start, I think I just, I'm just giving the edge to the O-line in the drills so far. Yeah, I would be as well. Just, I guess I'll just touch on a couple of names there. I was getting them mixed up there, but yeah, Keon White is a kind of a tweener, um, Say I had him on the on a well I had them both on underrated guys but Keon White seems to have got a lot of love over the last couple of weeks. Got come from someone that I hadn't watched until a week ago. Um, I did a top fifty board. I hadn't watched him, so he doesn't feature on my top fifty not top fifty board. Um, but after watching him, he's really he's a freaks list guy. I say he's a tweener. He can he could play through the middle as a probably as a three tech, but he would play as an edge rusher. But he can also drop into coverage as well. To say timed over well timed, but caught going over twenty one miles an hour in coverage as an as an edge rusher is pretty impressive. Um, and the guy I was getting mistaken for Keanu Benson, I think is probably I think probably been the best defensive lineman currently that, that that we've seen. We'll see what happens in the game, but he. His scout report looked as a really beefy run stopper who was extremely powerful, extremely strong, but needed a little bit more athleticism, was probably just a rotational guy that you'll just have on running downs. But he's shown that he can be a lot more than that. That he's, you know, he's he's bringing he's bringing out some athleticism. He's got some pops, some explosive explosiveness to his game, and some some pass rushing skills as well, which has been really good to see. So I think he's been probably the, the best offensive lineman. Probably looking one of those guys that we're now going to label as a day two guy. Um, Nick Hampton has been someone that stood out to me a little bit from App State. He's been caught out at times, but has looked good coming off the edge. You know, he's going to be one of those, is he a linebacker, is he an edge? Do a little bit of everything, but he's looked he's looked good on the, on that national team. And Will McDonald, uh, is, I can't quite figure out whether I like him or not. He's one of those players that he's good, but he's on the light side, 241 pounds. He's pretty lanky. He's just, he's, it looks it look wrong, but it obviously is, he is productive. Um, but he wins purely with speed rather than he's got really no power to his game at the moment. So if your team drafts Will McDonald, I'd say he's probably a designated pass rusher for now until he can start. He's going to have to put on £10, I would say, just to try and um, be effective in the, in the run game. But the, the defensive line, I agree with MJ there that there, there has been some good, but not a lot of great. And say on day one, that looked like Isaiah Foskey was going to be that guy. 
hasn't translated over to day two or three. He hasn't really, you know, you get the highlight reels that he hasn't, he's not really going to feature on any of the clips that, that we post out, that it's almost like he's been figured out a little bit. And I think that's kind of what Isaiah Foskey is for me, that if you want a guy that you want him to come in straight away, be successful, get you some sacks, I think that's what he'll do. But I don't think he's going to offer much more of a ceiling than I kind of think what he is now is what he will be. Um, you know, if you want someone to come in, I, 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 you desperate need for someone on the edge. I think he's probably the best one to go for because his floor is so high. But I just don't think he'll offer the upside and as someone like a like a Keon White who who really just starting out was recruited as a tight end, just played tight end. He played tight end before he transferred to to Georgia Tech. Uh, I think it was for Old Dominion. He was playing tight end, then transferred to play defensive line at Georgia Tech, and and has been unbelievable. I, th- I think just um, just picking up yeah on on Foskey and Will McDonald and going back to you know who's gonna who's gonna draft them and and where do they fit? If you're a team and you're looking for additional depth in in those passing downs, the the situational pass rusher, that's how I see both of those at the moment. Not not on the field all the time or for the majority of the snaps, but you know third third and long passing down, you you want to try and and get to the quarterback. That's where I see them coming in at the moment. I'm glad you guys are talking about Will McDonald's because back in July I posted uh, players to watch for the coming season and be interested for the draft and the other four have sucked and they're nowhere near it. So <laughs> I'm glad Will McDonald's making you there because at least I got one right. It doesn't happen very often. Um, we've obviously talked about the sexy positions in the trenches now. So let's move to the uh, the less sexy positions, the guys maybe in the, in the, um, in the skill positions and defensive backs, what, where are you thinking, guys? Who have you liked? What, what's what been going on there? Considering where I thought this group was, it has impressed me more than I expected them to. And before the week, just looking down the depth chart, it was kind of, it's, there's no one, there's no, no one there on the national team at wide receiver that piques my interest at all. There, there's a couple on the Americans, but it's actually reversed that. I think the, the national team wide receivers have been much better in a way and I think that might be partly down to the corner talent being superior on the American team it's kind of on the national team the wide receivers have had their way on the American team it's the corners and the defensive backs that have had their way but um, a real winner from this week is Jaden Reed from Michigan State he's been catching everything he's been all over the place has been a lot quicker and he's loads quicker than he looks it doesn't look quick but it but it is he's got really long strides kind of lanky frame the, um, that he's been really, really good. A um, couple of names that I hadn't seen or I didn't really even know of that, is, that really impressed me. Michael Wilson from Stanford. He was really good over the first couple of days. Um, hasn't been so good in practice on on Thursday, the last one, but he set himself up to, to have a really good... I'd say he's boosted his draft stocks. I'm not sure many people would have heard of him, never mind watched him. Um, and one that definitely people wouldn't have heard of is Grant DeBose from um, UNC Charlotte, who was one of those smaller school guys that that really is like better than some of these receivers on that team. Um, and the last one, Trey Palmer, apparently can win in the four twos. He has, has looked really good and has put on, um, I'll say, showed, showed that speed on the national team. But really, the 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 big names come on the American team, which is Andre Yeshivas, who we spoke about. In the preview, that speed is real, and he he looks he looks the real deal coming from Princeton. Um, Nathaniel Ta- uh, Tank Dell, who I think we might be talking a lot more about 
he's just unguardable. The defensive backs have got fears going up against him. He's so nippy and he can catch everything. But he is five foot eight and he is only 163 pounds. And there needs to be a discussion of how high you can draft that. Uh, because I would not be touched him with a barge pole in day two, which is where his talent lies, because he is that good. But it's, it's a complete outlier at that size, isn't it? I think my, my thoughts as kind of wrote down about him was that, yes, there's that size concern, but how much is a size concern when the guy's standing 10 yards from anybody else because he separates that bloody far oh, yeah. away? Yeah, you know, and, and he's so quick. Um, yes, it is going to put a lot of teams off, but his separation has been unreal. He, he, they just can't get near him, yeah. um, and it's and and it's not just I think because of his speed. Yeah, um, I think it's his route running ability as well. You know, he's the, the cornerbacks are bamboozled by his speed, but the bamboozled by where he's going. I'm not even sure he knows where he's going some of the time, <laughs> but it's damn effective. I think that um, just just on tank, um, absolutely. And the the thing for him will be he's got to be drafted somewhere where whoever is the offensive coordinator they can scheme him open, yeah. Um, and and that could work. The, I, I think there is a fear around his size because I looked this up last night, and that is the equivalent of me playing. In fact, I'm a little bit taller. Yeah. So, but weight wise. Not, not, you know, not far off. Um, and I know that if I got hit in an American football game, you, I, I, that was me done for like three months. Um, so, you know, there are there are some size concerns there. But then I had, I, I'm wary, and you learn as you're going through this process every year. I had concerns over Devonta Smith and his height weight kind of combination, and thought he might have been a bit fragile. He's, you know, he's what thousand yards every year, isn't he? So. Um, I think players can can work with that kind of height weight combination, but it will be something you're going to have to be aware of when you're when you're giving him his 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 root tree. Yeah. The other one I was just going to mention on uh, Yoshivas. So um, this is a little shout out to whoever Mihai Yoshivas is, because whenever I uh, tweet anything <laughs> about Andre Yoshivas, Mihai Yoshivas likes it so i just wanted to shout out that on 99 yards draft talk podcast we are friends of friends and family of players we get <laughs> you know we get followed by by friends and family of players moms especially moms, moms. <laughs> <laughs> so so you know reach out to us um you know we're we're definitely here for the friends and family but he yeah he's had a great week um but overall, the, the the number one guy who I think has done the most is, is Jaden Reed, as you mentioned at the start of this. His his tracking of that deep ball uh, has been really something uh, special. And also, again, I've seen I've seen some stuff today where he's there and he's signing autographs for, yeah. for young fans and stuff like that. You know, it it's all good, and he he's had a great week. And and you mentioned about you were unsure about his his speed line. My, my new friends at Zebra Sports tell me yeah. that he has been the fifth fastest offensive player at the Senior Bowl. Who's this? Uh, Reed. Okay. So, yeah, so he has been quick. Yeah. He's been the fifth fastest offensive yeah. player. It just doesn't there, look so. it. You watch it and it just doesn't, you know, it, it, the legs, he doesn't run like a like a sprinter. It's the really long strides. It just doesn't look quick, even though it is. I tell a lie, sixth fastest, but there we go. That's... That's pretty decent out of all the guys that they've tracked on the offensive side of the ball. So, 
give you a couple of um, running backs and tight ends as well, because they, notoriously running backs a difficult position to, to to get right at the senior bowl. Um, I would say, was it Jim Nagy said that was this is the best group he's had at running back since he's been there. This is his fifth year. The, the names looked right, but it hasn't quite worked out. And Ty J Spears on the American team has, has looked really decent, especially pass catching. Um, but really, it's on, on the national team. Um, Chase Brown had a really, really rough day one, but he has really come on the, the last couple of days. He, he had it was, he was really quite poor in pass protection on day one, shored it up on day two, and on day three, um, he's uh, they're doing team drills and red zone. He's there scoring a couple of touchdowns. He's getting a little nod from his twin brother, Sidney Brown, on the sidelines and tapping his head, saying, Well done. Um, so it's been good to see him bounce back. He's obviously taken on some coaching as well, which is which is really good to see. Um, but the guy who's really stood out to me has been Roshan Johnson, and he was only there for a day. He was only there for practice one, and he was absolutely unbelievable. He's he could be someone that we're talking about two Texas running backs being in our top fives because he's he's that solid. It, it does make me think that you know he is more than Bijan Robinson's backup. And if he was on a different team, how much more we we may actually be speaking about him. Um, that's going to be a difficult evaluation to to do, but I do think he's going to he's going to go a lot higher than we might think. And and I think if he doesn't go higher than we think, and he goes where he's he might go, he'll be a bargain. Yeah, I, I think he's one of these guys who, when you're looking at the kind of running back position I'm not great running back expert and some of you guys will be much better at that than I will but I always look at can they do two of the three things well can they run between the tackles can they pass protect and can they catch the ball mm. out the backfield he could do a bit of all three I think yeah you know I think oh, he's, yeah, he's, he can do everything he's, he's, he's good enough at everything onto that and um, running back to me I always look at so vision contact balance receiving uh, normally if they have the contact balance they would also be half decent in pass protection um, and yeah, he he does he does have a bit of everything to him. I think the only other running back I was going to add on to that was Kenny McIntosh. Who, yeah. who I I think you know he's up there as possibly the best pass catching running back um, of the lot. Uh, and I think he's had he's had a good week. And again, in terms of what you've just mentioned there about um, which of your skills, you know, which skill sets have you got? He's got the pass catching. I mean, I think he was over five hundred yards. Um, receiving this year um and also his pass protection was looking a bit better this uh this week so far as well which i think you know as you, as you say he's he's a he's that kind of third down back sort of sort of player i think um the other one i was just going to mention while we were talking running backs just flipping it slightly to the other side um somebody who's matched up really well in coverage against running backs was is diane henley uh, linebacker from Washington State. Again, he was on my top five list. I was hoping for a good week, and it's it has been so far. He's yeah, he's, a, he's been a he's a guy who's he's dotted round positions. He was a wide receiver at one point, um, and he's now in a, in at linebacker. And I think his experience helps him in coverage. I, I think he's that that's where he he excels, and he's had a, a really good week, um, especially yeah in in those drills against the running backs. Yeah, for me, um, the best linebacker has been been Ivan Pace from Cincinnati. He, we already knew it, but he is an insane blitzer. If you want to get him rushing the passer, 
he's just unbelievable. He's going to take you on. He's so shifty that he's just they're putting him on on run blocking stops with the with the receivers, and they're just not getting anywhere near him. And that's on every single one. He must be thriving in it. But we already knew he could do that because he's done it so much since that. He just hadn't really been dropping into coverage. He's really impressed in in the coverage. Um, drills as well this week of, of practice which is something I think was a lot of questions that he needed to answer he, he's answered quite a few of them because he's been sticky he's been getting past breakups so he's been he's been really good in coverage as well as that so I think again he's a player that we're just going to say about all that they're just going to go higher than people think it's just going to happen and another linebacker just would kind of on the flip side he's been really good in coverage a converted safety is um TCU's D Winters yeah. Um, he's a guy. He's had he's had a pick. He's had a forced fumble. Um, he kind of that kind of possible nickel safety linebacker hybrid kind of kind of guy. Um, he's 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 had some flashes. I don't think he's been spectacular, but he's someone who could could do a job in certain situations. Yeah. Can I can I touch on a tight end and that's Luke Musgrave? Shoe, I'm going to get you with your zebra sports knowledge here. Can we? Have you got any any numbers on Luke? Oh, Musgrave I can. I've, I've got my new friends. Them? I've got my new friends now, so don't you worry. As, um, you, uh, as you're in there, as it so, Shoe's just uh, just spoken to the head of zebra sports who. Um, do all the analytics for the senior ball and a lot of NFL teams. They measure how quickly people turn, how quickly they're running, how quickly they stop. They've got all that. So she's got some numbers he's going to show there. But I just want to say he's six foot five, 255 pounds. He is so quick. It's unbelievable. And in the interview in the media breakfast on Wednesday, he said that he's not even back to full um as in full strength, full fitness, but he's not he's still not running as quickly as he had been. And he's still looking to get back to that. Go on. Get if you were to guess of all players, all positions, yeah, at the senior bowl, top speed. Where's Luke Ross gave rank? What the one you gave us before was what Jalen Reed? Jalen Reed, he was six, he was sixth on, he was sixth on offense. All right, okay, yes, all right. So, so he was sixth overall on offense. I'm oh, talking about doing... all players, offense and say, defense. Are we doing okay. play your cards right here? Is it higher yeah. or lower? Is, is that where Go we're for going? It. Of all players, high. This is just top speed that they've achieved. Not not any kind of further metrics about how long. Yeah, yeah. Just what's the top speed they've managed to hit? How on Luke Musgrave, including all players, defensive backs, running backs, wide receivers, everything. Where do you reckon he ranks? I'd maybe go five or six. He's that quick. MJ, he's do you want to? He's, he's got to be top ten. Yeah, he's seventh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. he's had a top speed of twenty point zero five miles per hour. Wow, he's, he's two hundred and fifty five pounds. <laughs> one one spot above your man Jalen Reed. There you go. Well, yeah, and what, wedge Jaylen between wedge between wedge between Jaden Reed and Tank Dell. That's the two yeah. guys he's in wow. between. So, so there you so, go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Tank Dell is almost a hundred pounds lighter than him, and almost a foot shorter. To be fair. <laughs> That's how so you know this guy's athletic ability is is absolutely insane, um, and, and he's quite intelligent as well. You know he's dropping in between, he's losing his losing his man at corner, and he's dropping in below below the safety shell. So he, you can see he's quite intelligent on his on on his routes as well. So um, yeah, he's a, he's a player that was getting some hype beforehand, and he's fully deserving of it. Yeah, he was on one of my watch lists, and he he hasn't disappointed. No. MJ, any other guys you want to? Shed some light on 
I suppose we better we better touch on cornerback, haven't we? Um, I've got uh, three three names in particular that I that I wanted to kind of uh, go over. So one was Tyreek Stevenson, because um, he was the guy that he was the guy that Daniel Jeremiah um, has has highlighted, and so now we're all watching him. Um, and he is particularly fast. He's physical, and he's been really sticky there on, on his coverage the first first couple of days. Um, a name I had I hadn't looked at particularly much before this week was uh, Darius Rush from South Carolina. I think he's had a solid yeah, um, solid week so far in, in coverage. Um, and then finally from, from Iowa, which might be why I've got this on today. So um, I think a, an interesting story is Riley Moss because, um, again, maybe we'll go back to the zebra thing here because apparently he clocked as the fastest uh, cornerback. He clocked about 20 miles an hour, apparently, according to the, according to the information that I've seen. Um, and the thing here is, it's he, he's had some terrible trouble with injuries. Um, he's uh, he's had some good production in his career, um, but he's just got to try and stay on the field. And he's having a really good uh, week this week. Um, and he's one of those guys where it's just, you know, fingers crossed. He is now over the injuries, um, and this week will have done him a lot of good in terms of his draft stock. Yeah, this hosting malarkey's easy. I'll just have to do shout out numbers to you guys and ask you questions. Um, Riley Moss, third fastest DB, but your guy Rush is the first, he's the top. Yeah, Brian, wow. um, Rush by just, name, just, Rush by nature. Okay. Oh, Brian, Brian will be proud of that one, I tell you. He'll be, he'll be clocking the time that that comes in at, and he won't, he won't forget about that one. Um, the corner, I'm probably going to be a, a homer and big myself up. Uh, Kyle Blue Kelly. I think has been very solid from Stanford. His big play will be that pick six, but yeah. um, I think he's been a corner who was hyped up a bit in the summer. He was getting, there's a lot of guys who seem to have improved and kind of rushed past him a little bit on that standings, but I don't think he's done anything wrong um, over the course of the season. I think he's just maintained a steady presence and there's going to be so many corners go and go early and go deep in this draft he might not go, he's not going to go round one. He might not even go round two with the amount of players that are. But if you pick up him round three, round four, that's a really solid player for that kind of value. Yeah, and he, he keeps on improving as well. So I, I thought he had a pretty rough day one. Um, then you put that onto day two where well, he should have he should have maybe had three picks. He had one that would have been a pick six. He, he, the they were shouting him on the sidelines because there was a couple of other balls that he maybe should have come down with at the end. Um, Darius Rush is one that I highlighted as well that he can he can change direction just instantly, um, and he's really good at undercutting routes. So you know they're going into it, going doing their cuts, and he he's on it straight away. You know, there's no it's instantaneous. He recognizes it. He undercuts it. Again, he's only should have come come up with a couple of balls. And he's got his hands on a couple, hasn't hasn't quite uh, managed to get a hold of it. But yeah, he's one that's really on the radar now. Uh, and for me, the the best corner um, or the one that's impressed me the most has been Julius Brents from Kansas State. Really tall, physical guy, six foot three, just over two hundred pounds. Um, really physical and really quick. So there's one-on-one -on -one drills, there's grabbing going on everywhere. Um, but he seems to maintain, you, know, you can see that, that watching some of the coaches, you know, they're telling them not to, you know, 
put your arms by your side because as soon as you put your arms out, you're, you're giving them leverage. They let you, the receiver can pull you. You're putting off balance, which gives them the the leverage. That he just doesn't do that. He doesn't just give just doesn't give the opportunity for for a receiver to get leverage on him. He's really physical, but but maintains that that speed with the receiver. So he's he especially day one and day two, he's absolutely locking everyone down. So he's been really impressive to me. I think this draft again is quite interesting, and, and I don't know—is it just a, a year anomaly or is it a, a trend? You, you're getting a lot of small, shifty receivers, but getting a lot of big physical yeah. corners. Yeah, it's yeah. It, it's interesting because that that maybe hasn't been the trend for for a wee while. We've seen a lot of kind of outside receiver guys in some of these smaller corners. The corner guys are the, the, the top ones; are the big physical guys. Um, just just a total observation, just as you were talking about it. Whether it means anything, who knows? Is it just this year? But something maybe to look out for. Yeah, absolutely. I I think it will be it will be very interesting that the first I think for receivers, apart from Quentin Johnson, you know, I I just you just keep looking down the list and and something will say ideal slot receiver, ideal slot receiver. Is that 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 kind of class? Um. And I think on the basis of cornerbacks who've done really well in the NFL, people are going to be looking for the 6-1, 6-2, looking for the wingspan. Um, and I think, yeah, that, that would be really interesting. The thing I was going to pick up on cornerbacks is um, obviously one of the one of the things here is you may have been a cornerback where you, you did OK, but your particular skill set didn't necessarily fit the defensive scheme that the college was running in terms of whether you were in zone or man or... Um, and so your your stats might not look that spectacular, but actually, you know, situations like the senior bowl give you an opportunity to to show off what you can do. Um, and a team might, you know, might start to look at you and think, OK, well, stats wise, it didn't look like you got many picks or many pass breakups. But actually, skill set wise, I think you could work for us. So I think cornerback is is one of those positions where you know it can depend on the scheme that they've been in for the last three four years whatever how many players have we gone over there not one quarterback mentioned um, you've cut me off i was sorry that you guys have you guys have skirted around it you guys have skirted around it you've avoided it and you knew i was going to ask you do i have to talk about the quarterbacks yeah we probably do but... the others aren't really necessary yeah there's <laughs> Yeah, and I probably know who you're going to speak about. Do you yeah. want to crack on then? They're just there's just been absolutely no quarterback player. Some of these receivers we we maybe would be talking about more if they had a ball that was catchable. Um, but that's just the way it's been, especially on the national team, uh, which has got Jaron Hall from BYU, Jake Hayner from Fresno State, and Malik Cunningham from Louisville. They've just been all over the place. Jake Hayner's probably looked the best of the guys, but still hasn't been that impressive to me, and he's a smaller guy. Uh, on the American team, um, Max Duggan, considering he was a Heisman finalist, uh, can't say I've seen him do anything. Uh, Clayton Tune from Houston, again, has been pretty non-existent. You know, you see the big, big plays. He, he's not on the end of any of them. The person who is, is a small school guy from Shepherd, Tyson Bajant, who has been mightily impressive for, for where he has come from. We're not speaking about him as a top prospect, but just his demeanour and his confidence and what seems to be his intelligence as well. He can really zip the ball. He's got some skills about him. He's one of those guys who's probably two years from being two years off. So it's, but, if you want to take a 
developmental prospect at some point. Uh, I don't think you're going to go wrong with him because I think people people really like him too. They're really warm to him. Okay. Okay. So, have you ever been to a function where just before they open the buffet, some distant relative catches you and is talking to you, and you can see everybody else is going to the buffet, and then by the time you get there, there's almost nothing left. That's how I feel about this week in terms of the quarterbacks. It's just like, <laughs> I, what am I looking at here? There's, 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 there's not a lot. As you say, we might have seen some better receiver play if 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 the the quarterbacks had been in better. Which sounds really harsh, but it, it's not a great class, is it? As, as soon as you get past the guys who aren't here, yeah. And and I imagine when we talk about the top fives what we're really talking about is who's fifth. Cause I imagine whatever order we have the other four in, yep. uh, you, you know, then it's, it's all about who we have as the, as the fifth one. Um, and yeah, I, I haven't got any more to add on that point. Sorry, but I haven't been that impressed. Just cause we have to talk about quarterbacks because people want to talk about quarterbacks. I'm going to fire you as a question. Do you think Will Levis has done himself harm or good by not coming Oh, he's, got, he's got a dodgy toe, bless him. So he can't. I think he's done himself some harm. I, don't, I think he would have been I better off so. him there. Yeah, I, think I really so. do. Absolutely. How much better would he have looked than all of these guys? That's yeah, just what, man. It's just a just a question I hadn't pre-planned popped yeah. into my head. Yeah. Um. If the if the guys are, are as bad as we're making them out to be, and it, it's not slagging off these guys, I can throw a ball twenty times farther yeah, yeah, than I could ever yeah, hope yeah, to yeah, yeah. ever hope to throw a ball yeah. in my life. But um, particularly as I'm getting old. But um. You know, these Will Levis could have had that opportunity to go, do you know what? I am miles better than these guys. I'm in a, yeah. in a league of my own. Is it because he doesn't want to hurt himself or is he not confident enough in his own abilities? I, I So the thing I wonder is, you know, and we've had it before, to just just play in the week. Don't, don't you know, say say for the game you're injured. Do, do two or three days worth of practice. You, you, you're not going to get flattened. Um, and, yeah, you will look miles better than all the other guys and I think he and the people around him from this point on to draft day need to do the whole play the game play the game mate you know turn up to things um show that you're interested in this process don't take everything for granted that somebody I don't know that I don't know the Raiders are going to take you at seven or something like that um and the other thing that I was going to you know just to because you can do this can't you I'll just contradict myself now um, what these other guys have got to do is look and go, okay, who was one of the quarterbacks in the NFC Championship game? And, you know, look at his background, look at Brock Purdy's background. There is a route here where, albeit a slim chance, but you can get yourself on a roster and then it's only going to take an injury or two and you could actually see yourself playing. So um, fair play to them for coming along and for giving it a go. I just the, the quality is clearly not there, but they go up in my estimation and Will Levis comes down. Yeah, uh, and there's going to be a lot of teams that, that feel that way up, up and down the board. It doesn't have to be quarterback, could be some of the others, but there would have been a lot of teams that would be interested. I was just trying to look there. I couldn't quite get it in time, but who was the the coach for the quarterbacks and what team that they come from. I couldn't find out whether if, if any of you guys had the document there or, or, or anything, but whether, you know, there could be an opportunity missed there if if the coach um, for the quarterbacks this year, the way that they've done it was from one of those teams. 
that's a, a real missed opportunity for him potentially. I, I could be lying. I want to say it might have been someone from the Falcons, but was on one of the teams. Um, was an offensive coordinator, but still. That's maybe what it was, yeah. I, I knew there was something from the Falcons on the offense, but I couldn't remember. I remember seeing him, I, I, I couldn't remember what his, what yeah. his role was. Yeah. Um, but I think the, the way that they've done, I'm really quite interested to see how um, there's going to be, we're a while away from knowing it, but how it falls in terms of um, information being shared between, you know, we've got all all 18 non-playoff teams represented in terms of coaching staff at the Senior Bowl. What do they do in terms of sharing information in, in meetings? It's not something I thought about when we spoke about it on the, on the, on the preview, um, but do they keep some stuff back? You know, if you're the, the running backs coach, who I know is from the commanders, you know, in the, in the meeting, how, how much of the information that you've gained do you share, which would be, which would be really interesting. That, but um, I wanted to, I, I don't know if we've got, have you got any more players we want to speak about? Because I wanted to shout out one of the coaches. No, go on, shout yeah. out the coach. Well, so if you've been, you would have seen him. He's been mic'd up on ESPN the last couple of ga- a couple of days, and and Grady Brown, who is usually the Steelers' defensive backs coach, he is the defensive coach for the national team. And I tell you what, he is a character. I, I want to go for a beer with him. What an absolute man! What a bloke he is. He's out there throwing tennis balls at everyone. They're not even allowed to look at him. They've got to catch the tennis balls without looking at him because. You know, they, they was mic'd up and he was saying that, um, you know, as a def- as defensive backs, so that's what his, is that they're expected to to catch every ball that comes their way. But how how often in practice does the ball actually come their way to be able to practice picking the ball off? So he's out there chucking tennis balls just randomly at defensive backs and the hope that they catch it. Absolutely amazing character. I think the Steelers have got a really good one there. And you can just tell that the players absolutely loved him. So Grady Brown, if you're listening, the 99 yards draft top boys want to take you out for a beer. So, yeah, come and join us anytime. Yeah, just don't bring the tennis balls. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be fun. Depends on how many beers we've had at that point, eh? Is that you guys? Yeah, yeah, I can't think and, of else out there. No, I think oh. we're, uh, I think we're good. Just looking Excellent. forward to seeing what happens in the game. Yeah, it's going to be interesting on Saturday. So. Um, tune in the games on Saturday afternoon. Um, if anyone who's is keen to watch how these guys get on, NFL um, Network. Yeah, NFL Network. There is some other place you could probably watch it, but that's probably the easiest one for for everyone to find. Um, so, yeah, check out the website for all this senior bowl stuff that's coming out there. Follow us on the Twitter feed at ninety nine yards. Um, we're going to be back soon. We're going to be diving into mock drafts, top fives, all that kind of stuff in the coming weeks. So, thanks very much for listening. And we've got your interview with the Zebra guys coming up. Oh, yeah, that, that will be out as well. The guys from Zebra Sports, uh, look out for that coming over the weekend as well. It was a fun chat with those guys. They, they seem good fun as well. Um, yeah, again, thanks for tuning in.